You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. What's poppin', everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover Podcast, the most creative podcast in the entire wrestling community. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back, man. Um, so here's what's on tap. Here's what um, I kind of announced on my Instagram stories. If you guys follow me on Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover, I would appreciate it. Um, great community over there, man. Um, some good people. Um, I announced yesterday that I'm going to be taking a break from the weekly AEW and WWE uh, weekly shows. No Raw reviews, no AEW reviews. I kind of want to recharge uh, my batteries uh, before we get into the new year. Because, I mean, from January all the way up to April in regards to professional wrestling is going to be massive. It's going to be very massive. It's going to be fun. I'm very excited. Um, so, you know, I've told you guys this before. I wanted to try it this year, but my interest in pro wrestling in December is just not really there. I have other things that, you know, I kind of want to do and, and, you know, want to get into. Um, I did watch AEW last night. I did watch. I do watch the shows. I just, I don't talk about them. So, what you guys can look forward to um, for the remainder of this month, I will be continuing to drop uh, new articles for DiscussPW.com. Uh, speaking of DiscussPW.com, if you guys did not check out my mommy Rhea Ripley article, uh, getting a lot of acclaim for that article, uh, be sure to check it out, um, DiscussPW.com. Uh, check it out. Let me know what you guys think about that. If you guys have ever read any of my articles, I want to tell you thank you. Um, it's I love putting my creativity out there to a platform that is not only well respected, but the owner really appreciates my work. And I really just it's it's a great feeling. You know what I mean? It's a great feeling. Uh, so on tap for the month of December. I'm going to just lay it out right now. I'm going to continue to cover uh, the wrestling news, depending on if there is a lot of news. Uh, there is some news today, so I will be covering that. Um, I'm going to be doing an top like ranking of the best wrestling matches of 2022. Um, I'm also going to be talking about the uh, best female wrestler, best male wrestler um you know some underrated matches that didn't make the cut um i will be talking about that in the next couple of weeks um hopefully i can put it up there sooner um because i want to get as much episodes out in this month as i can before we go full throttle in the month of january 2023 we got wrestle kingdom we got the royal rumble we got some other uh, shows coming up in the world of pro wrestling. Um, I will be back with Monday Night Raw with AEW. Um, hopefully with SmackDown. Um, I know there's a problem with SmackDown right now. Um, so I'm going to try to get SmackDown reviews up as well. But right now, the month of December, I am officially taking a break um, from covering the weekly AEW Dynamite shows. And the weekly Monday Night Raw uh, and SmackDown shows. Even though I have not covered SmackDown in some time, there's a reason for that. I'm not going to go over it. Um, but it's not a bad show or anything. I, I just have other things that I do on Fridays that just are a little bit more important than covering SmackDown. But, um, yeah, so I just wanted to tell you guys that. Um, stay with me. Podcast ain't going nowhere. All right. I'm still going to be pumping out episodes. Uh, so let's get right into the wrestling news and rumors right here on the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, our first news article today, uh, we're going to talk about Tony Khan. Now, Tony Khan, uh, William Regal, the whole situation. Um, I'm going to play an audio clip. Uh, I don't really have the transcript uh, in front of me, but I actually have the audio clip uh, from Tony Khan talking about uh, William Regal. Um, so he will give his opinion on the William Regal situation. And then I got to just keep it a buck uh, with Tony Khan. I got some stuff I have to say. Um, but I want to make this clear to every single person here. I love the way Tony Khan handled the William Regal uh, conflict with class uh, and admiration and respect. Um, I love what he did with William Regal. All right. So, um, but I, I got to tell some truth because this is what I do on my show. Um, I speak nothing but honesty, truth, and I add creativity to the mix. So um, we're going to we're going to listen to this William Regal uh, situation right now. So uh, let's hear it. And it was asking if we could talk. And I've, you know, I've made time to talk to him and I went out the hospital and uh, so I'm sitting out on a park bench out in front of the Mayo Clinic on Sunday night and we had this really long good talk and it was very positive and he really had I think good intentions I, I'd like to say for why he wanted to go back and it made a lot of sense to me that he would want to work with his son and be with his son and he said to me honestly and, and it made sense you know given where you're sitting right now does it make sense to you that I would want to go back and be with my son? And at that point where I was sitting, yeah, it really did make a lot of sense to me. And frankly, the last thing I wanted to do at that moment was prevent any parent and any child, any son from being together. As I was sitting on a park bench at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, you know, while my mom was sleeping inside and recovering from a major operation. And uh, so I told him, you know, I, I do think, I don't know how we're going to do it yet. I'm going to have to do a lot of thinking. Uh, it's going to require more changes. I, I, I referenced earlier, there's been a lot of that this year, that we've, we've tried to make the best of everything. And I really do believe we've been able to have great events through it all. You know, there were a lot of changes going into Forbidden Door, but I thought it was one of the best pay-per-view shows of the year. There were a lot of changes going into full gear, but really I thought it was one of the best events of the year, and it was the start of a new period for AEW and I had to think about that but I also had to think about family and given that you know where I was at and where he was at it, it made a lot of sense that we would try to accommodate him and all right so uh there you go ladies and gentlemen um Tony Khan's thoughts on the William Regal um situation listen I really appreciate, and it's crazy because I actually seen um, an article. Um, I also seen another clip from Tony Khan. He was talking about his mother. Um, I'm sending my thoughts and prayers to Tony Khan and the rest of the Khan family um, during this difficult time. All right. God bless. And I hope everybody... Uh, pulls through and you know it that's that's all i gotta say about that um so <clears throat> william regal this is very touchy because on one point i kind of just want to end it and be like they screwed up this was a big mistake if you were not going to want to sign William Regal to a three-year, four-year, five-year, whatever you want to call it, type of deal. Um, why'd you bring him in? Was this like a trial and error type of moment here? Because that's what I think it was. Number one. Number two. EC3 went on his show, right? His podcast. 
And he mentioned that William Regal, right, um, was talking about how the AEW management is not professional. They have problems. They don't have a foundation. They're, um, you know, their formula is all messed up. They don't know what they're doing. It's all over the place. You could believe EC3. You cannot believe EC3. That's on you guys. Do I believe EC3? Uh, no, I don't believe EC3. But at the same time, it's crazy, you know. Um, William Regal, going back to the WWE, I, I don't know if this is true. Everyone's saying that what I'm about to say is true. Um, so I heard something that William Regal had something in his clause in his contract that if Triple H takes over, he'll be able to go back. I have one question. How did William Regal know that Triple H was going to eventually take over? That is the one weird question. Like, okay, you said you wanted to go back to WWE for your son. His son apparently is in the Performance Center. That's great. But that's not the only reason why you wanted to go back to the WWE. You also wanted to go back because Triple H... He thought Triple H was going to take over. You obviously were hearing the stories on Vince McMahon. And so your perception and, and mentality completely flipped. It completely flipped. Right? You went to AEW knowing that, you know, you just got fired. Wrongfully got fired. Right? Because you were with the Triple H administration. Um, and Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard tried to screw over, you know, Triple H and his team. Look how that turned out. So, William Regal, he left WWE to go to AEW to think that he's going to do what he did in WWE, now in AEW. I always tell people, I always, I'm going to now tell the AEW wrestlers and Tony Khan, you know, there's a lot of bullshit in the wrestling community. I'm talking about articles and, and news and fabrication. All the bullshit. I see it. You see things that you might think are actually true, but they're really false. You might see things that are actually false that are going to come back and be like, oh shit, that is actually true. Didn't know that. <clears throat> so... Never believe what you read on the internet. Wait until confirmation. I have said that saying for years, okay? When this William Regal thing started and this whole news article on him potentially going back to the WWE, I thought he signed a contract. I thought he signed a new contract or his contract, excuse me, his current contract said that he had three years on it. Apparently not. Apparently he had a, a out in his clause. If Triple H took over, he can leave the WWE. Look what's gonna look what's happening right now. Look what's happening. Look what's gonna happen. William Rigo is eventually going to go back to the WWE. That's great. The problem is Tony Khan. Now I'm not talking about William Rigo anymore. Um, I want to talk about AW, the AW wrestlers, and Tony Khan. Um, but I will say William Regal going back to the WWE is a huge blow to AEW. I heard these wrestlers don't want to, you know, hear advice from William Regal. Why not? This guy's a legend. This guy's an icon. Give him his flowers. If it was me and I was a wrestler, I'd listen to everything William Regal had to say. You know, it's crazy. You know, AEW wrestlers feel like they have this perception about them that, oh, I'm I'm an AEW. I'm in the big time now. I don't need to listen to someone like William Regal. You fucking serious? William Regal is giving you his time. Are you going to flip that into be like, hey, you know, I don't need to listen to you. 
What are you going to tell me that I don't know of? Come on. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. And I know for a fact that that was one of the reasons why he left too. Yeah, he left because of his son and everything like that. But I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that shit. This guy also left because he felt like he was getting disrespected by majority of the AEW locker room. So that's not cool. Tony Khan. Tony Khan, again, did a great job in the media, um, media conference yesterday. He did amazing. But Tony Khan, when it comes to the news and, and everything like that, like I said, people come up with some random ass shit. Tony Khan needs to step up like a boss. If you see, or even the wrestlers as well, even the wrestlers in AEW, y'all need to step up and say, you know what? That article is bullshit. That's not true. Instead of hiding in the dark. And then, you know, the news gets bigger and bigger. And us fans come up with our own perception. We come up with our own opinions. Right? Regarding the specific news article that's out there within the community. AEW, if you see a news report that you know it's fabricated and it's bullshit, please come out and debunk it. Please come out and debunk that shit. Because if you don't and you play around with it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. All right, that's my thoughts on William Regal. That's my thoughts on um, the situation with him and Tony Khan. Uh, speaking of Tony Khan, um, I have another report regarding Tony Khan finds, quote, criticism of ROH amusing. Really? Amusing? Tony Khan, listen, man. Listen, I am in that camp that um, Ring of Honor don't need to be on AWTV. That's just my opinion. And it's crazy because a lot of people are now speaking up on this. A lot of people are now speaking up on this. So this report is coming from Cultaholic. So Tony Khan isn't too concerned about the criticism of Ring of Honor. You should be. De uh, 2022 has certainly been a banner year for All Elite Wrestling. The promotion has continued to pre present uh, very good in-ring action, but issues behind the scenes and injuries have caused the TV product to suffer. Absolutely. AEW this year. Listen, I keep it real with you guys. I keep it real. All right. Thumbs up, thumbs down year for AEW. This was a thumbs down year. Controversy. Injury. Political. All the, the behind the scenes stuff just was a bigger attention than the TV product for AEW this year. Many have also urged Ring of Honor's presence on AEW TV, like myself, has been uh, demoralizing to both promotions, with the perception being that Ring of Honor is something emphasis over AEW, despite all Elite Wrestling being the promotion that fans tune in to watch. Tony Khan addressed Ring of Honor's presence on AEW Dynamite during an appearance on the Battleground podcast that the AEW president admitted he finds the criticism amusing. So pretty much Tony Khan is like, yeah, you guys are criticizing something that y'all don't need to criticize about. I think that shit is hilarious. That's what Tony Khan's thinking. All right, let's hear what he has to say. So he said, quote, I saw somebody saying that they thought uh, was too much Ring of Honor on Dynamite. And I thought that was amusing because there's almost been no Ring of Honor on Dynamite in recent weeks other than Chris Jericho. And frankly, Jericho should be on any wrestling show in the world he was to be on no shit tony khan of course he should be on tv he's chris jericho that's not my problem so on rampage though i never watch rampage by the way i think rampage is a waste of time it needs to go to two hours and it needs to be live on thursday or whatever you want to do it's got to be live and it's got to go to two hours 
we have had a variety of them and new wrestlers and i think that's going to be a good thing for our business because these pay-per-view shows that ring of honor has done has been really successful for us close quote so that's what tony khan had to say about uh ring of honor again i don't want to see ring of honor on my tv i'm gonna be just <laughs> maybe a little too honest here but that's what i do um i don't sugarcoat anything man i i give it to you guys and you guys either take my opinion and you appreciate where i'm coming from or you gloss over it you don't care about it it is what it is but i just want you guys to listen to me ring of honor is doing nothing for AEW TV. Nobody's watching Ring of Honor on AEW TV and looking forward to Ring of Honor stuff on AEW TV. Let's just be real. It's not happening. It's not. Um, My bad, guys. That was my computer. I get a lot of emails, so if you guys hear that during the show, I apologize. So, speaking on, um, you know, Ring of Honor and pay-per-views. Tony Khan continued it and said, we've made good money and the gross of these shows, frankly, have been in line with what I paid uh, for the entire business. So I would say it's been a very good successful relaunch and now I think we'll have potentially some of our best pay-per-view numbers yet with Final Battle, especially with such a big headline world championship match like Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli in a high-stakes Ring of Honor world title match. And that is going to cap off what is going to be a huge week of wrestling for us here in AEW. I don't, I really don't care. I'm not going to watch the Ring of Honor show. Um, I'll probably, you know, see what's going on on social media. Of course, uh, social media guys can follow me. Uh, Twitter at JT Takeover. And on Instagram, of course, on Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover. Uh, Ring of Honor, I'm not going to watch the show. Like I said, I'll keep up with it on social media. Um, I don't, I just don't care about Ring of Honor. I, I really don't. Now, if they get a TV deal, which I believe they will, I'm probably going to check out the first episode. And then after that, it's just, we'll see from there. Um, but right now, my main concern is AEW. And yeah, man, Ring of Honor. Not all that interested in it. Next up, we are going to talk about Athena. Have you guys enjoyed Athena's run so far in AEW? I feel like her run's been all right. It's been all right. She's mainly on Dark and, and Rampage. I mean, <laughs> this is Athena. She should be on AEW TV and storylines. Not doing it on Rampage and Dark. You feel me? Come on, bruh. Like, man. I feel some of these people, some of these women and some of these men that went to AEW thought they were going to get immediate success. You know, they thought they were going to get immediate success. And they realized that it was really going to take some time. But I love the success of Athena right now. She's doing great. She's a heel. But Athena had this to say. This is coming from Fightful, Sean Ross app. So shout out to Fightful, everybody over there. Athena had this to say. The girls can hit just as hard as the guys. If I were a man, there would be no backlash. I'm, I'm going to speak for myself before I read this article, okay? When I watch a woman's match, I'm going to take a couple people from example. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, Rhea Ripley, EO Sky. I can keep going on and on, but I'm going to take those women for example. They don't pull hair. I mean, Bianca Belair's thing is a gimmick. They pull Bianca's hair, but that's a gimmick. That's a part of, you know laying out of the match i'm not talking about pulling each other's hair all the time you know and and you know scratching each other's nails and shit they're worried about their fingernails they're worried about their hair they're worried about their makeup man fuck that that's why the perception of women's wrestling is down 
and has been down for decades until, you know, women's revolution, evolution, whatever you want to call it, it came into effect where women's wrestling, WWE wanted to take women's wrestling to be serious, even though TNA Impact Wrestling has kind of been doing it uh, for a very long time now, but, you know, it is what it is. I love when women go in there and beat each other up. They don't pull hair. They don't do any of that shit. I'm trying to see a wrestling match, a wrestling story match with emotion, physical. Whoa. Excuse me. Woo. I botched there. My bad. Uh, physicality. That's what I was trying to say. Um, so Athena, you know, it's crazy. I agree with her. I really do. I really agree with what she's saying um, here. But let's continue with the article. So Athena addressed criticism of her new style over the past month. Athena has uh, shifted her in-ring style, working more aggressively and hard-hitting, which I love, effectively turning heel in the process. The change started to happen on AEW Dark when she would wrestle local talent and then come into television when she faced Madison Rain and then attacked Aubrey Edwards. Appearing on Busted Open Radio, Athena was asked about her shift in style. She said, quote, Because I feel like she replied when she changed things up. Sometimes nice guys finish last. Sometimes you get frustrated and it's hard because you're trying to find an opportunity to not get lost in the shuffle because at AEW, there are many talented people and talented women just across the board and it's like, you can do, what can you do to stand out? You're asking questions like, why am I stuck in this position? Why is this happening to me? Am I not good? Finally, you have to just say, fuck it. That's basically because what I've done. I'm going to do what I do, and I do, I do it better than anybody. I'm going to do my best. For 10 years, before I signed WWE, I was probably one of the most notorious heels. I worked my entire indie career as a bad guy. Um, I event got the nickname the American Jody uh, because of my hard-hitting style. Uh, people forgot about that through my career, through my TV career. It's something I always wanted to go back and do. I'm sorry, guys. It was actually the American um, jo uh, Jossie. I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to call it. Uh, Athena continued addressing the double standard when it comes to hard-hitting matches. She said, the girls can hit just as hard as the guys. I have to sit there and see John Moxie and Chris Jericho and Willie Utah. All these guys hit the terror out of each other. I guarantee you if I was a man, there wouldn't be as much backlash or anything like that. It's all these old botted farts that want to sit there and tell us we need to look pretty. She better not be talking about me because that's not me. I'm going to speak for myself right now. She better not be talking about me. I'm just playing. She's not talking about me, of course. She's talking about those people that are on social media, and I see it all the time, where they bitch and complain about everything. Uh, she said, they complain when it's a dance. They complain when it's hard-hitting. Get over it. We're out there just to be as good as the guys. We give it all our best and put in all this time and effort to home our craft, and I feel we're underappreciated when we do things like that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with her. Uh, she continued when asked why she thinks people are more critical of the women's division when matches are hard hitting. Athena said, I honestly don't know. I've been doing this for almost 17 years. And no matter how much we as women train or we have the best match on the card, it's always going to have that stigma of they hit too hard. It's too dancey. People are always critical of the girls because we're still trying to fight for so much. Every time we step into the ring, we're still trying to prove that we belong here, that we are just as good as the guys, if not better. I don't know if anyone else caught full gear, but Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter tore the house down. Yes, they did. They had one of the best women's matches of the year. So what? There was blood. Someone got hit in the face. Oh, well, it's wrestling. We're not babies. Going to continue the match and do what we do best which is entertain the masses. Just because one person hits hard, one person is a high flyer, one person likes to do submissions, it's all entertainment at the end of the day. That's all we want to show you. 
And that's all we want. All we want is to put our heart and art on the platter in the ring and appreciate it for every bump we take, every death-defying move, every time we get hit with the chair, go into a cage, come off the top rope with a stunner. We want to show you all, uh, show you guys our heart and art every time we step into the ring. For some reason, it's just overly criticized, and I don't know why. I don't have an answer for that. Every step we take forward, it takes one comment on the internet to set the entire women's division back. Okay. There you go. Again, I'm speaking for myself. Feel me like, you know, you guys might have a different opinion, perception. It is what it is. I love women that hit hard. Listen, there are fans out there that just want these women to look sexy. All right. That, that, that's the truth. They want these women to look sexy, big ass, big titties. Um, and they don't want them to wrestle. They just want to look at them because they're fucking hot. I get it. I'm going to take, take Rhea Ripley as a prime example. People act like I've never been a fan of Rhea Ripley, by the way, which is crazy to me. Uh, I've been watching her since the Mae Young fucking classic. The May Young Classic. You guys remember that, right? And WWE, that women's tournament, loved it. Guess who was in there? Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Guess what I said when I first seen her? Oh, this woman's going to be a, a prize pick. This woman's going to be a generational talent for years to come. There's no question about that. And guess fucking what? She's killing it. But also, she's hard hitting. She has that strong style. Guess what? She's gorgeous. She's pretty. Right? That gothic look. A lot of dudes like that shit. Me included. She's hot. But she's a good fucking wrestler. I'm not looking at Rhea Ripley. Oh. Damn. She's hot as fuck, bruh. I know that already. I'm looking at Rhea Ripley as a professional wrestler. What are you going to do in the ring to entertain me? You're going to tell great stories. You're going to wrestle. Show emotion. And that's what she does. And I said Rhea Ripley because everyone is just. They're going fantasy crazy right now. Because she's with Dominic. And people like that dominatrix type of you know, vibe. That Rhea Ripley is coming off with. I like that shit too. But at the same time Rhea Ripley can wrestle. Sasha Banks. I think Sasha Banks is one of the most attractive women in professional wrestling ever. I'm not looking at her because, oh, she's hot. I'm not looking at her like that. I know she's hot. I'm looking at her in-ring product, her in-ring ability. And that girl could fucking wrestle her ass off. I'll go down the list. Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm is very attractive. She could wrestle. Jamie Hayter, attractive, and she could wrestle. Thunder Rosa, attractive, and she could wrestle. Come on, man. Jamie Hayter, attractive, and she could wrestle. You guys know this by now. Stop looking at women because of their attractiveness. Look at them as professional wrestlers. Athena, attractive, and she could wrestle. Look at their wrestling acquaintance. Look at their wrestling ability. When the bell rings, focus on them as a wrestler and not a fucking just stick figure body wrestling fans got to do better when it comes to the women i'm not saying everybody but it's fucked up because people like me and people the dudes that are listening to my show i know you guys aren't like this either right it's great to know that a woman's attractive but that's not what we're trying to look after right now when that bell rings we're looking at what you do in the ring. But there's a just there's just this small minority of people in the community that just only look for these women because of what they look like. Their ring gear. That's all they're checking out is their ring gear. And it gives off a bad perception to people like me and, and, and you guys as well that are with me and understand where I'm coming from from that. It's a fucked up situation because it's not cool. I'm not like that. I know you guys aren't like that either. So the community's definitely got to do better. I agree with Athena. 
I love the hard-hitting style. I think it's great. Um, I don't have a problem with it. You know? I, it is what it is, so. Moving on, we're going to talk about um, SmackDown. Take what this report is going to say with a grain of salt, please. Now, I want to make a quick point. I love WrestleMania. WrestleMania from the UK. WrestleMania is one of the best YouTube wrestling channels in the community. Bar none. It's up there on the echelon. I don't really listen to a lot of podcast YouTube channels um, when it comes to pro wrestling. But WrestleMania, I always listen to them. Always listen to them. They put out a report that stated, is SmackDown losing money for Fox? This is interesting. So Russell Lomick's report suggests that the show is a money loser. This is not good. Now again, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Is SmackDown losing money for Fox? The answer is yes, according to Russell Nomics, Brandon Thurston. You guys know who Brandon Thurston is, Russell Nomics. Uh, check him out. Thurston analyzed how much Fox has paid for the rights to air the blue brand every Friday and what the show brings for commercial revenue and um, retransformation. Revenue fees, Fox charges to local cable providers to broadcast its shows. Cultaholics um, and in Gipton broke things down as follows. Why Fox spends $205 million per year for SmackDown, the network might not be making that money back. Speaking about WWE's next TV right fees negotiations on uh, WrestleNamianomics Radio, Brandon Thurston estimated that SmackDown generates $64 million per year in advertising revenue when the show airs live. SmackDown then airs an estimated $51 million in uh, revenue for Fox. Those numbers don't come close to the $205 million that Fox pays to air SmackDown through. Um, so this is another article here, okay? Uh, they continue. As talks of the WWE beginning to its rights fees negotiations with Fox, not to mention the USA Network soon, this story could shed light on how much the WWE might expect to bring in. While the WWE is reportedly confident in the raise in its fees, this story could change things, especially as broadcast and streaming platforms look to premier content. Based on what we've seen on WWE's ratings for SmackDown, the show has improved its ratings enough to show it is keeping up with the television industries continue to decline in ratings. So yes, as the TV is declining and viewership and ratings, not a lot of people are watching TV, SmackDown is still bumping up. I think that's a positive. This is due to the ratings being deducted largely by views having more choices for programming. Ratings are one thing, but if the WWE can't justify its cost for commercial revenue, Fox may opt out for more prestigious programming that brings in equal ratings and revenue. This doesn't mean that the WWE will have difficulties finding a new home, be it on cable or streaming. The only question will be how much can it get for the rights to air its programming? So SmackDown is fucked. That's saying feels like SmackDown's fucked. Listen. Wrestling fans always say, oh, don't worry about ratings. Ratings don't matter. Let me squash that right now. Ratings do matter. They matter. Okay. I feel like SmackDown has been very good. The negative of SmackDown is the women's division. The women's division fucking sucks. It sucks. It's not good. It's just my opinion. And I'm going on. On what I'm seeing on television. The crazy thing is people. We are, are watching the same thing. We're watching the same segments. We're watching the same matches. We watch the same thing. My opinion will be different from yours. And that's fine. My opinion is. The Smackdown's women's division. Sucks. It's not that good. They do not have a lot of depth. They have Ronda Rousey. Liv Morgan, Shotzi Blackheart, Raquel Rodriguez, Zia Lee. I don't know who else they have. 
I don't know who else they have. Monday Night Raw's women's division is stacked. Stacked. Charlotte Flair, Naomi, Sasha Banks. We don't know if they're going to come back. We have no idea. We don't know. Triple H really needs to work on the SmackDown's women's division. There's no question about that. Now, the tax division needs a little work. Main event scene, it's solid. Mid-card is real good right now. SmackDown is a good show. All right? SmackDown still has its problems. Um, Not everything's perfect, but I feel like the WWE is really going to go into another gear in 2023. Like I've said, 2023 for WWE is going to be one of the best creative years for WWE in recent memory. I really believe that. So those are my thoughts on, you know, this ratings for WWE. Listen, they got to pick it up. They got to pick it up if they want to keep being on uh, Fox, USA Network, NBC Universal, whatever you want to call it. So we'll see what happens. Jim Ross on John Laurinaitis. (laughs) Shout out to Jim Ross. He says, quote, his ass is without a job and he deserves the goddamn misery that he's living. You guys remember John Laurinaitis who got fired deservedly, so fuck him. You feel me? Uh, so Jim Ross, this week's on Grilling JR Podcast is up on adfreeshows.com. Check it out. Ross gave an update on his health, so I wanted to talk about this real quick. Uh, actually, Jim Ross gave us thoughts on a couple things, um, so let's get into it. Uh, so we talked about his health first. He says, I've been going through my wounded doctor, wounded care, uh, care specialist every Tuesday morning in which I'm really beginning to dread it because it's a painful, freaking ordeal. He takes a scarf for it, goes into the wound. Ugh, that sounds disgusting. And starts scraping dead material. To add, it didn't hurt. It is wrong then. It's lie. It does hurt. But we're cleaning it out, keeping it rolling and healing. So I guess at the end of the day, that's the way it has to be. And because JR can't be a little sissy and worry about having a little pain, I've been in a little pain since last November, a year ago. It's been a year since I got um, deionized. It was this time last year that I started 22 uh, resonation treatments. So it's been a very interesting year to say the least. But progress is being made, and that's all that matters. So shout out to Jim Ross. Hopefully, speedy recovery. And it's just sad hearing stories like this with Jim Ross because he keeps going through this stuff. It sucks. But shout out to Jim Ross and uh, sending all my prayers to him. He talks about William Regal. It should be interesting. Again, I record the podcast for you guys, and I'm really reading it like as I'm live. All right, so I just want to point that out. So this is what he said regarding William Regal leaving AEW. He's a valuable asset to AEW or wherever he may be in any company. He's going back to the WWE. That's what Jim Ross pretty much said. I'm just playing. Uh, It's been a blessing to have him around because he was one of my guys that I really worked hard to salivate a career for back in the day. Yeah, back in WWE. He's been a very valuable resource. You can't replace guys with that kind of experience. And in Regal's case, also the patience to help these young guys. uh, Because he was in the ring every day, you know, at TV and always had this time for talent and the younger uh, green guys. I told someone the other day, I hope you guys are paying attention to him. I mentioned the, the MJF. I said, you know, the more you can sit under the learning tree of William Regal and talk about the physicality and being uh, a wrestling villain. You should always, because he's got great um, personality and he's a great heel. I don't know if you can replace him at all. And quite frankly, he's been an amazing boost for us. I think we speak for him. He might be in England. He's been a good friend, a loyal guy, honest and working. And I like how I like said the patience to work with some of these guys. uh, Some of these cats is really amazing. It's tough. He's been talked about. A lot here, so we'll see where he goes. 
and where the storyline wise goes he'll be good he's a hell of a guy and has been a very valuable team member as for aw since he's arrived he's leaving jim ross he's going back to wwe we'll see what happens with uh jim ross comes back i know jim ross is um he's not really doing aw that much um I've always talked about that. I'd save uh, Jim Ross for pay-per-views only. Or I would save him for pay-per-view matches on pay-per-view, right? For pay-per-views. And I would save Jim Ross for big-time AEW Dynamite matches. And I mean big fight feels, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega type of matches on AEW. That's just me. That's how I would do it. Let's talk about Vicky Grail. This is the last news piece for today you guys thank you guys again for joining me um if you guys have been enjoying what you've been hearing please subscribe to the wrestling takeover on apple podcast most importantly uh spotify google play and iHeartRadio. so vicky guerrero wants aw women's roster to have more tv time vicky guerrero speaks about the lack of tv time for women in aew this is coming from cultaholic um, AEW's Vicky Guerrero spoke about wanting promotions women to have more TV time. Uh, in a recent interview with PW's Eye, Candice Corlorder, uh, Vicky explained, quote, I wish we had more TV time. I wish we had more content that the women could be shown every night in different capacities. But I think for right now, you know, we have the talent. Our locker room is strong. And it's just now we have what we're going to do creatively. I think everyone is just eager and hungry to show what they have, and this is an exciting time. Vicky is currently elite with Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir in the AEW Women's Division. She has been with the promotion in a managerial capacity since Fight for the Fallen in 2020. Nyla Rose, a former AEW Women's Champion, recently challenged Jade Cargo, and she lost, blah, blah, blah. We know. Okay. Listen. The Women's Division... On AEW, okay, um, it's it's not where it should be. I loved the interview with um, I loved the interview with um, what's her name, uh, Soraya, <laughs> Soraya, talking about the women's division. I know she was actually recently on a podcast with Chris Mueller. If you guys don't know who Chris Mueller is, a great friend of mine. Uh, within the community uh, he interviewed uh soraya on bleach report so please go out and support chris with that um interview great interview and uh, if you guys missed it go check it out she was talking about the women's division right she was talking about the women's division and how you know it's got to get a little bit better and then we hear vicky grill mentioning the women's division how it's got to get better listen tony khan I don't want to accuse the guy of anything or anything like that. I'm not going to do that. But what I will say is he has not been doing a great job overall when it comes to the women's division. I'm going to take Monday Night Raw, for example. You got Monday Night Raw. The women's division stacked. We've seen a lot of women this past Monday. The problem is a lot of fans... They don't want to see a lot of these women's segments on TV. People still have this perception that women's wrestling does not draw. That's what they think. That's their opinion. Do I agree with it? Uh, that's not for me to say. Because I, I have different views and opinions on it. But uh, that's what majority of people said on after Monday Night Raw. Um, some of them love that we've seen a lot of women on Raw. And then you look at Dynamite and we barely get a segment or two. I don't know what the problem is. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Most of the women in AEW are not ready for TV. And I'm not mentioning the obvious people. You got Jade Cargill, Jamie Hayter, Layla Gray, Red Velvet, right? Nyla Rose, Riho, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa. Riho, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the the OG women, right? 
a lot of the people that we would mainly see on TV. Um, but most of them aren't ready for TV. They're just not. Um, and the AEW Women's Division really needs a lot more veterans on that roster. You got Britt Baker, right? You got now Soraya. Those women are ready for TV. They've been ready for TV. But these other women, it's just a work in progress. That's all it's going to be, a work in progress. We need to understand that the women's division is not going to be where it's going to be so quickly. It's going to take time and patience. And that's what a lot of people really need to hone in on when it comes to the women's division and not expect everything at once. All right. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you sticking with me um, again. You know, this month, taking a break. From AEW Dynamite from Monday Night Raw. I haven't done SmackDown, but I want to say I'm taking a break from that hat, even though I already have. Um, NXT Deadline. I'm thinking of reviewing the show. I'll let you guys know. Keep you guys updated on NXT Deadline. I know it's this Saturday, so again, I'll keep you guys updated on that show if I'm going to be uh, reviewing it or not. Um, you guys can look forward to um, more articles on DiscussPW.com. You missed the Rhea Ripley article. Check it out, discusspw.com. Um, I will be doing a lot more uh, podcasts within the next couple weeks, trying to end the year off strong. Uh, we got best wrestling matches of the year. We got some other categories that I will be doing best male wrestler, best female wrestler, um, you know, best talker, whatever you want to call it. I'm gathering all that information here right now. Uh, casual conversation. I want to try to hit a casual conversation. Uh, and post it up before the end of the year. I'm trying to get Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. Um, I got another one that's coming up um, in the pipeline as well. Um, so stay tuned, man. Some some stuff coming up uh, before the end of the year. But as it comes to the weekly wrestling content, the weekly wrestling coverage of these shows, you ain't getting it. You're not going to get it. But I have other episodes in the pipeline. Um, so... The podcast ain't going nowhere. All right. It's going to stay right here, but uh, we're just going to take a little detour. All right. So I appreciate the support, everybody. You guys have a great Thursday and uh, I'll see you next time right here on the Wrestling Takeover podcast, the number one podcast. Remember, when it comes to creativity and honesty, I'll see you guys next time.